Worshipful brethren, brethren all, welcome to Freemasonry in seven minutes or less. In this episode, we'll be discussing disillusioned brethren. This is a cause very close to my heart, as when I first joined the Lodge, I was left extremely confused as to the content of the three degrees. Whilst I'd read um, spurious internet blogs and taken them with a pinch of salt, I really wasn't prepared for the method of communication um, relayed in the first three degrees. I found it engageable, uh, but I also found it archaic and a little bit hard to withstand. And I think that's one of the problems for modern masons nowadays is they, they can become a little bit disillusioned because of the gap between the cultures uh, of, of 1717 and modern day England. Uh, it's, it's quite a difficult thing to understand. And I can understand why um, people could become disillusioned uh, when they look at the complexity of, of the speculations within the first three degrees. So uh, Brother Earnshaw has something to say on the topic, and I pass over to you. Thank you. I, I get quite a lot of emails, that's something like two a week or something like that, uh, from brethren who said, you know, they they haven't been to a lodge for a long time, they got bored, they um, kind of, as we say, disillusioned with the craft and th thinking, others thinking, should they leave? And they asked for my opinion. Well, um, <clears throat> well, first thing I would suggest is look for another lodge. You can easily join as an affiliate member. And, um, but, of course, I live in, in a city of 14 million people. And um, next door we have Kawasaki, which is another 10. So we have 25 million people. And we have quite a lot of lodges here. I think we, I've forgotten how many we have. I think we've nearly 10 lodges in Tokyo. So it's easy for me to say that, but if you're in the rural area, the UK, USA someplace, that may be not so easy. Um, second idea is to join an appendant body such as York Right or Scottish Right um, uh, and put more focus on, on the on the right rather than the blue lodge. Um, but again, you know, it depends how close there is a, a Scottish right, you know, to you, there may not be one. So then there's the third option, um, which I was just going to, going to suggest in a moment. One, but one, uh, some of the people suggest that will ask, why are the rituals always the same, you know, year after year, Month after month, we're doing the same things. You know, it gets a little bit boring for some for some people. Um, another thing is that some of the brethren they get a little bit cliquey and um, uh, they get hard to talk to, or they get a little bit surly. Uh, mm. They say things like, "Well, this is not the way we've done it before. We've always done it this way." <clears throat> even if if they're, they're doing the ritual incorrectly, but you know, I'm a senior senior mason. Don't tell me how to do that. Yeah, you know, so it it can be a little bit friction in a lodge, and um, and other people say, you know, why is there so much learning to do? Why can't we just read it from the book? You know, so all these sort of mm -hmm. questions. And if if you're feeling like that, well, this is a the third option. I think is that you can actually open your own lodge. What we have to do is to find some like-minded brethren. And, of course, depending on your, your constitution, uh, that could be anything from seven to ten brethren. Uh, it also helps if one of them is a past master. 
and then you you petition the uh, district grand lodge or um, depending again on the size of the grand or directly to the grand lodge to work under dispensation we call it ud mm-hmm. um then all you have if once that's been authorized uh you all you have to do is rent a room above a pub just like they did in the early days in the 1700s it's a totally respectable way of starting a blue lodge and then after you've had certain experience under your belt and a bit of a track record of course the grand lecturer will want to come and see how good your your ritual is but then you can petition the grand lodge for a charter and so what so having your own lodge then so how will that change the disillusionment of of some of the younger members well firstly of course the ritual is going to be the same but they could be done in a more meaningful way and so when uh, older masons get stuck in a way of doing things it could be very dry and uninteresting so i think younger people with new ideas could it's like you know can put on the same play but put some more enthusiasm into it mm-hmm. um another thing you could do you could emphasize uh, education in your lodge uh which this is overlooked in so many lodges um <clears throat> there of course there's still learning by rote to do that won't ch- change but when you start to ed- start to implement an educational um program um then you can start to learn more about the ritual and about its complexities uh secondly you could actually learn how to remember the ritual for example myself uh, <clears throat> i start learning a section of ritual from the end line by line and move towards the beginning so i play a cello and when i play music i practice the last bar first uh the the cl- the closing chords until it's perfect and then i do the second to last and then i do uh say it says 40 bars i do 39 40 and then i do 38 39 40 and 37 mm-hmm. 38 39 40 so the bars at the end are practiced until i've got it down perfect and same with the ritual you know you learn if you have 10 lines you learn t- line 10 then 9 and 10 8 9 10 7 8 etc the benefit is that as you recite the passage you gain more confidence as you get nearer the end because you've done it so many times what happens is in lodges that brethren start out with a lot of enthusiasm reciting or um <clears throat> saying their lines and at the end they start umming and erring because they can't remember it so doing it in reverse is is just a, my <laughs> 25 cents worth anyway <laughs> <laughs> Lastly, um a new lodge, I would recommend you engage the local community, particularly for charity work. Uh don't do anything difficult, but just visiting old people's homes, hospitals, hospices, whatever, <clears throat> and focus on the community, and then the community will come to you and the lodge will thrive. So, by running your own lodge, emphasizing education, charity, good memory work you will definitely get more enjoyment 
out of being a member of the craft. And finally, being in a room above a above a pub isn't a bad thing after the rich after the the lodge is closed to go downstairs and uh, lift a glass <laughs> uh, to the craft. <laughs> That's that's my twenty five cents worth. <laughs> or lift a few glasses. Few glasses. I think, right, I, think <laughs> I think education is key because I think that's the glue that bonds all of the different uh, all of the different generations together is learning yeah. the ritual and learning the, the subtleties and the deep points behind it. Yeah. Uh, my lodge, we've got a, a, an eclectic age range. It's fantastic. We all go down very well. We um, we all socialize very well. There aren't any cliques in there, and it's um, it's it's really nice to see. I I know that some lodges can be very cliquey. My uncle, who's told me some stories about when he joined back in the seventies or the eighties, I can't remember exactly when, but it was a little bit, you know, oh, who's this person joining? Uh, yeah. Are they allowed? So yeah. there are some there are some silly things, but you get that with every every social club. And um, I, I would like to say that the yes, uh, education is is paramount in my opinion that that mm. is the thing that keeps everybody uh, cohesive is, yeah. is learning things together and uh, we, we run a regular loi at our lodge i haven't mm. been able to attend for quite a long time which is a bit of a change but because we we have a few lodges running out of the same temple um it we do get different lodges joining the loi and that's also very nice as well we keep it social mm. and get to meet other lodges yes. it's easy to attend and yeah. um the the action in the community as well that's an important thing Yes. Charity work yes. is is extremely, extremely important. Yeah. Just in the last uh, few years, we've uh, started two new lodges in Japan, but we've oh, also great. lost, we've lost three. So, um, ah. you know, but it's good that people want to start lodges. And um, mm. um, <clears throat> so if you have an understanding uh, Grand Lodge and particularly the, the, uh, uh, <clears throat> Some of the Grand Lodge officers are going to support you. That's important. Mm -hmm. But I also think it's important that a lodge isn't just like an island, you know, by itself. It's got to be part of a community mm. because that's mm. when people start asking, what are they doing? You know, and uh, sounds yeah, interesting. Yeah. And um, they keep coming, helping me. Perhaps I can help them, you know. So mm -hmm. then, then things become, you become a mason working within a community. And, um, <clears throat> you know, that's how people, when people see a Mason, that's their opinion of Freemasonry. So, you know, if, if you're polite and uh, educated, you know some interesting things and you dress well, that's people's your imp uh, impression of Freemasonry. Yes. Mm. Well said. <laughs> well, that just about brings this episode to a close. Can I say uh, I smart, the... oh, smart oh. sailor makes a smart ship. <laughs> indeed, indeed. <laughs> I feel bad for not having a shave now. Oh, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> well, that just about brings this episode to a close. If you have any questions, please email us on the link below. We now pass on the square and we'll meet soon. Thank you and goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>